welcome back to Mapping the Tropes. I'm Paola. I'm Marianne. And I'm Adriana. And today we are discussing billionaire romances. Millionaire slash billionaire romances. Just rich people in general. Yeah, exactly. So it's pretty straightforward. One of the love interests is rich, has a lot of money. And the other one isn't so well off. I mean, the one that I read, the the other main character was not a billionaire. So Yeah, same, same with mine, though. I think most millionaire, billionaire, rich people romances are always like, one of them is like filthy rich and the other one isn't, I guess. So we can see yeah. the contrast. Mm-hmm. And usually it's always the POV of the, of the um, you know, poor person uh, <laughs> in comparison because we, we just get to see into this new life of glamour and riches and whatnot. Yeah, and, and not to get into like the, the, I guess, meta of it all, but it's also, again, it's about the fantasy. Like most of the yeah. people reading these books aren't millionaires or billionaires but they can fantasize about this well-off person like sweeping you off your feet and you know taking care of you and you're not having to worry about like money yeah. in your life um which is also what sort of happens in these sort of books um sometimes it gets critiqued sometimes it's yeah. not put under the microscope which is where <laughs> I guess we come in uh, because I, you know, disclaimer, I -hmm. don't think millionaires or billionaires are ethical in our society. They shouldn't exist. Um, And in fact, we should eat them. Uh, Not that I'm endorsing (laughs) vor, please. Um, You brought it to the table now. um, Yeah. But, you know, like... The French were right in one thing, and it's that the gu- they took out a guillotine and started uh, beheading rich, rich people. people. Yeah, that's something to keep in mind when we start discussing the- these books. Um, and but also, like on your line of thinking, I think I'd be uncomfortable if I'm reading a book by like a person who's has like who's filthy rich, but like on a within unethical way of becoming mm-hmm. rich you know what I mean because yeah. uh, you know I can I can put away a few of my biases or whatever when I'm reading but some things are just kind of like you can't ignore them you know so mm-hmm. when it's like oh this this person was a millionaire because they committed tax fraud and whatever I'm like um I mean okay that's that's not sexy <laughs> oh, she- why, why would I <laughs> No, and I also don't want to imagine a fictional Jeff Bezos in my romance. Gross. You know, considering all the human rights violations that uh, his company does. However, if Mackenzie Bezos were the heroine of a book, then maybe. I would like to see it, you know? Because Mackenzie, like, Sure, she is still a millionaire, but she's doing, or billionaire, I guess. Um, but she is doing the work of like sending out that money to different organizations and nonprofits and all the, those sorts of uh, things because she knows 
then having that huge amount of money isn't good. <laughs> we are staring directly at the camera, Mr. Bezos. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, you know, not to sort of become preachy or anything here. But it's just a disclaimer. Yeah, it's important to have these discussions. Um, yeah, like we just want you to know we like reading about it, but we do not endorse <laughs> these people. <laughs> yeah, we. this is not a Become a Capitalist podcast <laughs> episode. No, absolutely not. This is we just are us. very much anti-capitalism yes. to the point of communism. And um, please do not mention <laughs> bitcoins. We will murder you. I mean, <laughs> we will block you. That's what I yeah. mean. Um, yeah. And not in the blockchain type of way. We will block you. I don't know what a blockchain is. Do not try to talk to me about it. <laughs> I will die right there. I will like combust. I will like combust. <laughs> I will like. <laughs> But disclaimers yeah. aside, uh, what do you think when you read like a billionaire romance? Like, do you think, oh, I would like to be a part of this? Or, this or do is, you just like put it aside? This is the first one I've read in completion. Um, and actually that's, that has the, the title taking on the billionaire that's that's what my book is called taking on the billionaire by robin covington um and i don't know like i i mean i don't know because <laughs> i it, it it feels a little bit like i'm reading just the the main couple's um pov of a telenovela because usually that's what telenovelas look like in Mexico like the super rich guy falls mm -hmm. for the super poor girl or vice versa um but it's usually the guy that has all the money um anyway oh wow um, totally yeah. not realistic you know <laughs> <laughs> and so it was it was interesting um should we start talking about the books or are we yeah you're already talking about your book okay. Yeah, so Taking on the Billionaire by Robin Covington is about um, Tess Lynch. It's kind of like an office romance, I would say, more than it is a billionaire romance because of the, like, how the plot and everything, you know, unravels. But anyway, Tess Lynch is a white, red-headed investigator, and she has been hired by Adam Redhawk. Um, he is a Native American of the Cherokee tribe. And he is the billionaire. He is the CEO or the co-CEO. Yeah, co-founder of a tech company. And he was separated from his family, from his Native American family, um, when he was about six years old. And then, um, you know, years and years later, he hires tests so that she can find them and he can start, you know, reconnecting with them and, you know, building those familial bonds because he's, he's um, like all three of them, there's three siblings. I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, the, the three siblings who went on to these like foster families didn't have like a great uh, upbringing with, with those like adoptive families. 
Um, so anyway, that job is done, but then um, Adam realizes that there's someone, there's a mole in the company. There's someone trying to sabotage the launch of, a, of an app that they're developing. And Tess continues to work for him. And because they have to, you know, look through everyone in the office, they, they start getting closer to each other and they start sleeping together and then they fall in love because it's a romance. And it's a very, very short book. Like if you don't care about billionaire romances, um, like in, in the ethical way, um, <laughs> I, I recommend that you read it because it's super fast um, and it's only 156 pages. Um, yeah, anyway, as I was saying, the, as I prefaced this, I feel like this book be, is more of uh, an office romance because the guy, I mean, I don't know. I haven't read any billionaire romances other than this one. But I feel like when I read a book about a super rich, filthy rich guy, he should at least, like we should at least see a little bit more into the life, lifestyle. Like mm -hmm. I wanted the, the gossip girl part of <laughs> the part you of wanted the, the glitz yeah the, the glitz, glitz and glamour I wanted the glamour not just like you know trying to find the the mole and yeah because I was expecting I don't know I, I was expecting something different that being said there's like three-ish or two-ish sex scenes in this book and they were good so nice that's that's a that's a that's something to enjoy. I I look forward to well written sex scenes whenever I read smutty romances. This one had it, uh, but yeah, it didn't have all the um, the appeal that I was looking for in a billionaire romance. Like I wanted to read the book and feel guilty about it. You know, like, <laughs> I wanted to be like, oh no, I'm endorsing this billionaire because he treats. <laughs> his uh you know his love interest so well and he's so in love with her and he's giving her everything and he lives this you know like again gossip lavish. girl life yeah yeah lavish life and he throws parties and masquerades and stuff like that but I didn't it was just like like a yeah it was just like, like he happens moments. he happens to be a billionaire but you don't you don't see it too much it's what you mean yeah exactly exactly Okay. The only references to him having a lot of money is obviously hiring Tess because, you know, she's a private investigator and those things are pricey. But also there's a, they, oh, it has this trope that I actually really love. But since it's a very short book, I didn't get to enjoy it as much as I wanted to. And, and it's when the character gets sick and the other character uh, takes care of them. Mm. Aww. And in that, um, the the guy uh, drives this super expensive car. Like, um, how do you say it in English? Like, ultimo modelo. Yeah, latest I, model. Yeah, yeah, latest model kind of car. And but that's like the only reference to it. Like, I we don't even, even see his like apartment or anything or like penthouse. That's where like billionaires <laughs> live in, in, in like romance books. No, they they spend most of the time in his in the office, and because again, because the book is so short and it relies a lot on 
the character interaction. Mm. I could only imagine it as like the the office that is in um in Arrow, the TV show. I don't mm. know if you've seen that, but you know, like those modern everything is glass and sexy and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. This book didn't really envelop me. But as a Harlequin romance, it reminds me also of. Adriana Herrera's uh, The Zambrano Studios uh, books. I've only read the first one. Um, but in that book, there's also not a lot of interactions outside of the main office. There's some in the like uh, female protagonist's like, household, but mm-hmm. they even like sleep together in a hidden room in the office and like a hidden bedroom that's in the office and I'm like okay sure (laughs) I guess why not yeah (laughs) so this is a lesson I guess um when you write billionaires please give us more into the glitzy glamorous part of it you know if you're gonna lean into it lean into it yeah exactly exactly Honestly, like, I don't know what is it. Like, I don't know the, the billionaire life. But if I were to write about it, I'd make it as outrageous as possible. Like, outrageous, appealing. You're a billionaire, you know? Like, make people feel guilty Very that crazy we love rich you. Asians. Very yeah, crazy like, rich Asians. I mean, I can't even conceptualize what a billion dollars is. So I'm just going <laughs> to throw it all away in my, in my book, you know? If I were to write one, which I won't because I'm too lazy for that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's all pretty wild. So I wanted all of that level of uh, of riches, of exclusivity, of I want yeah, to like, not relate for this exactly, one. Time, I exactly, I don't want to relate. <laughs> I want to not relate, and I want to be like, oh my god, this lifestyle seems so wild. But also I could afford therapy, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I wanted I wanted more, you know, I just I wanted more. And like Adri said, like, if you're going to lean into it, lean into it all the way, like, give it to me. What the fuck? Why didn't I see his apartment? Why didn't I see his Barney? I, I don't remember his last name from How to Get Away Stinson? With. But yeah, Barney Stinson's penthouse. Like, give it to me. I want to know what he what what his life is as a bachelor because only his book, stupid little knickknacks that cost like three million dollars each right like you know? so eighty three thousand dollar watch <laughs> exactly like i want oh god i want the rolexes i want the, the you know. philips the the gucci yeah. the the everything balenciaga that, everything I that i cannot have like be a Kardashian like that would be <laughs> that would be my my billionaire romance like just Kardashian like me like it would be like a fictionalized version of the of the Kardashians minus the racism well Paola I think <laughs> you would enjoy the book I chose you and other listeners because in my book it's called um the queen of the Fe- the Queen of Dauphine Street by Thea Desaye. And the protagonist is like a Harris. Her dad was like a big tech 
millionaire billionaire i don't know like i remember the story says like someone with too many zeros on their bank accounts so interpret that as you may and she is like so outrageously rich she owns a cruise ship and she like lives on it she has a pet tiger she has a room for her (laughs) pet tiger she has a room full of like dildos that she collects like she doesn't use them she collects them it's a dildo (laughs) museum like she like she has such a flamboyant lifestyle so like when I thought when when I think Ali was the one who suggested the billionaire Mm -hmm. trope I was like oh god who do I choose and then I remembered Maddie her name is um Madeline Russo or Russo and like she is so rich and so unapologetic about it. And that's like one of the first things that I just loved about it. Uh, again, like, you know, I don't endorse necessarily endorse the billionaire lifestyle, but it's not, it's not a crime to be rich, you know, to have some money, you know? Is it not a crime? It depends. It depends. It depends. It depends. Like, like when it I become a be lawyer a crime, and I though. have money, I hope I, I, I have <laughs> You're gonna have money, and you're, and it's gonna be like trickle down economics, I guess. Through, through labor, gonna, through labor. Because you're gonna give us money. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes. That's that's the point of giving to the community. Marianne is going to be the patron of the podcast. <laughs> the patron yes. or the patron? The patron. Sorry, the, the patron. Yeah. This is uh, This is why we're not rich. We don't have the lingo yet. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, There's like a lot to learn. This book is just so outrageous. Like it's super. It's the life of the rich, you know. Maddie is like a let's say like a Paris Hilton type of character. Mm-hmm. Like she's a socialite. Mm. She is super popular. The headlines are always like about her. She has a persona for the cameras, and so. You know, no one knows like her secret past, her tragic past or whatever. And in comes, um, because this is the second book in a series. The first book was also very outrageous, but also like outrageously kinky. Um, and this Ooh. book is a little bit more toned down, but also has a lot of kinky undertones. But um, in this book, uh, she visits characters from the previous book and in a hotel and then she meets a person who was working um as a construction worker his name is darren sanders he is a super tall ginger very muscular texan like he has the texas accent and he's he's full of baby like, yeah like <laughs> honestly he's hot he's very hot um <laughs> and he's like he's so nice I loved him as a love interest because he was so he was a gentleman first of all like he would always be like I wasn't raised like this I have to treat you right whatever and he he always throw uh has dad jokes really stupid dad jokes that just make her laugh like crazy because you know both of them are also like the story is about um healing from PTSD they both have PTSD in different, uh, like in different ways. For example, in her case, she she has this persona because she hides the trauma that she has because she saw her father die in front of her. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he has a lot of trauma because he was in an abusive relationship before, 
and now his ex is like stalking him and and stuff like that and uh they actually get brought together because his ex tries to kill him uh mm. and so he takes refuge in her big ship and they like um you know they they're they're in proximity together and they start learning more about each other and so yes they they start having sex and and doing a lot of kinky things like they talk a lot about because maddie in the first book that we see her she's like a top she's mostly like a dominant type of woman but in his case he's he doesn't do that he's like no you can't dominate me because i i don't go that way and she's like okay i could i could do both things whatever and like they have these little conversations about like things like oh how about if i make you wear a collar how about if we if if we, i peg you and stuff like that <laughs> and it's just uh mm-hmm. they have lots of conversations about what they want to do sexually wise mm-hmm. se- se- oh my god um sexually in the bedroom. Yeah. yeah in the bedroom <laughs> And it's such a hot book. All the sex scenes are hot and sexy and steamy. And it's also like made all the better because of her intense wealth and money because she's just so shameless about everything. Like she's mm-hmm. so open and, and, you know, like no, no, not being shy about anything about it. And Darren, on the other hand, he's also very sex positive because uh, in college he used to strip so there's also like a lot of this book is very very sex positive very like open and honest about the what they want and what they expect and again I just loved that I felt so like very escapist we talk about this every episode but it's also very escapist in this way that Oh, don't you just wish you could have a boat and just disappear for like weeks <laughs> at a time with your very hot, hot and sexy uh, uh, big Texan guy or something like that. And it's just, it's great. It's great. It felt like it was also, I mean, it was heavy because of the traumas and stuff, but also in a very lighthearted way, like it explored it. And it wasn't just like, oh, these two people cured each other with love, whatever. It was yes. them- It's not like trauma bonding, like yeah, straight was- up. <laughs> It was genuinely yeah, yeah, yeah. like I see myself in in your situation and I understand and because we understand each other we kind of find the strength you know uh, it was such a good book I really enjoyed the entire series and it's also super funny like Maddie herself she's a riot like I remember <laughs> one of the first scenes she sees him she's like oh I don't have any uh I don't think I'm going to sleep with him, but if I slip and fall onto his dick, then oh well. Like, she's just so honest. And oh, she's also extremely, extremely queer, like very pansexual. Uh, one of the first scenes is her like having sex with a woman. And she's like, she's always been unapologetic about everything in her life. And I think that also comes because of her being super filthy rich, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you're super filthy rich, who do you even have to, like, uh, apologize to, you know? So mm-hmm. I really liked it. I, and I think that's where Paola was like, oh, I just want someone to lean into it. And it, here it's completely into it. Like, there are people, she is super rich and she's not, uh, like, she makes you see that she is. Like, oh, let me just spend <laughs> uh, an ungodly amount of money on this. And I think she also, like, 
I don't I actually don't remember right now if, if she had like some surgery done or something and she's like yes um I bought this I bought my boobs or stuff like that like she mm -hmm. she doesn't care like e mm -hmm. in any way and I like that a lot like if you're gonna be a, a millionaire billionaire super rich person like do it but don't be you know like don't oh, downplay I'm so, it i'm so sorry that i'm own so it. rich i feel so guilty about it no just like if you are then just own it you know mm -hmm. so yes that that was my book I, i really recommend it one i really like that you mentioned that there's like a lot of kink negotiation which yes. i really love to see in like romance but like also like erotica and stuff Mm -hmm. it's so chef's kiss uh moi chef's kiss and uh, <laughs> that i think all romance books should have anyway because like maybe you should mention that you don't like or maybe do like when you have your hair pulled you know <laughs> yeah 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 oh it sounds so good i love that she has a tiger no the tiger is also a very integral part of the story because like it has its own playroom and stuff and she like cuddles with the tiger sometimes when they're sleeping but it's also not something stupid like oh it's a pet tiger no like she actually has uh, an in-house an in-house trainer with her at all times because you know it's a wild animal you have to be responsible yeah. and like So she is outrageously rich, but she's a, it's also like a responsible type of writing. Like, you know, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I, I'm making myself, you know, clear, but you know, you know. Yeah, what yeah, I mean. yeah. Uh, Maria <laughs> mentioned that in the opening scene, she's having sex with another woman. And I'm over here being like, I know her strap is big. I know it. I know, it. <laughs> I know it's big. And. I mean, Maybe. she, I, she mentions a lot. Know, I was yeah. actually disappointed because she mentions a lot about how in her earlier days she used to peg a lot of people and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, okay, I believe in you now. Now please show it, show it here. But then the, <laughs> the love interest was like, oh no, I don't do that. And I'm like, dang, dang, no. we missed it. Damn. It was very funny. It sounds so hot. This is a PSA. More cis men should get pegged. <laughs> But honestly, maybe down the line, he would actually be into that because he he was like, he doesn't, he didn't know before about like kinks and stuff. He would just like, oh, sex, I am good at it. And and he is, <laughs> I mean, he is. But, <laughs> but as along the way as she would show him like little toys she had and, and stuff like that he would be like oh and what does this do and then he would know and, oh, okay let's use it so maybe along the line you know there if you're listening just give us a little <laughs> short story <laughs> sequel novella oh my god it sounds so good and I remember my pony Sorry. <laughs> I just remember he's a Texan and I needed to I love my friend. <laughs> um, but no, this is actually the first um, book series because I think there, it's two, right? Or three books? It's three books. Three. It's three books. Three. Yeah, I remember when I first started um, like dipping my toe into um, book Twitter, Cam was talking about this uh, series and talking about how... They said that everyone should read it, but I didn't know that it was um, 
that at least this particular book, The Queen of Dauphin Street, um, was about like a filthy rich woman. I just remember seeing the covers and being like mm -hmm. hot, 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 hot. Yeah, because the first one is of like a hotel owner, like hotel Ooh. chain owner. And the love interest or or the also the second protagonist, she's a an hair heiress she's an heiress mm -hmm. um and the second one she is a again another heiress god i keep saying heiress she's another heiress <laughs> heretic and, yeah and he's like he's not that rich but you know he, he has his own business so he's doing fine and the third one it's the brother of the protagonist of the first book with like a photographer girl so i guess she also has money so like it's always people who are well off in the sense so that that was like one one of the things that did not bring the angst to the story like oh you have more money than me whatever no because that's honestly that's kind of a pet peeve of mine when when one character is like broke and 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 they're like i can't take your money bro you're dating me if you don't offer me your money what are you doing you know <laughs> like if i'm if i'm going through like a big like a desperate situation and i'm like oh, I couldn't possibly take my partner's money. Yes, I will take my partner's money because how dare my partner not offer it, you know? You know, one time I was in church, obviously, because I was, you know, raised Catholic. I am a Catholic. And the, the, the priest was, you know, explaining the, the word of the, the Lord. And he, <laughs> and he used an example, he used as an example that um, a woman came up to him like in, you know, confessionals. And she said, she confessed that she had quote unquote stolen um, her husband's like some money from her husband. And he, the priest was like very calm, very peacefully saying, that you know when you get married you're obviously a union and you become one and his things are your things and your things are his things mm -hmm. so it wasn't really like stealing like she should not be feeling guilty about taking a little bit of his money so it applies here too exactly like if we're dating and we're like in a very committed relationship why mm -hmm. would i uh not want to take money that you are offering me for example like Mm -hmm. I don't know like I know that there are certain situations and whatnot but sometimes like some conflicts in books are like I, I can't take it because who would I be like you are buying me no you're not because we are in a relationship you know mm -hmm. uh, correct yes I think it also depends on the person's upbringing where if you were taught to not take money from anyone because you're supposed to make your own way. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that asking for help from others, even if it's your own family or mm -hmm. like loved ones, it's shameful. I can see why yeah. that sort of person would, you know, be more, uh, uh, stubborn mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. that sort of thing uh which is not to like i i'm not i wasn't trying to segue but that's sort of the thing that happens yeah. in in 
in the book that I chose uh, because when the 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 protagonist did the main, one of the main protagonists in the book the one who isn't a millionaire um, he is he he his parents he he grew up basically homeless with his mother after his dad like abandoned them um, so he knows how hard it is to like make your own way when mm -hmm. you have nothing so mm. he views like a lot of like wealth if it's coming their way as like trying to i guess buy him that's how mm. he views it um but yeah the book that i chose is american fairy tale by aliana herrera And it centers around uh, Camilo or Milo, who is a social worker in New York City. Uh, he works with this organization that serves battered women or women who have escaped abusive situations. And they give them temporary homes uh, in order for them to, you know, get on their feet while everything uh, it sort of settles around them. So he helps a lot of people, especially since uh, his uh, mom was also in an abusive relationship for a really long time. So he, he connects a lot with uh, the people that he works with. Mm -hmm. The main plot of the book, the way that the main character uh, meets the love interest is he's at a, at a sort of a gala, a, a, Uh, a fundraiser and they sort of flirt at the bar and they give each other flirtatious glances across the room and stuff and then they sort of hook up in the bathroom uh sort of they sort of <laughs> sort of love a that. little bit love a that lot. for them um and after after that they don't really have any connections or anything But the love interest uh, is trying to find a way to, uh, well, spend his money because uh, <laughs> he is a wealthy man and finds himself trying to help out with uh, uh, Camilo's uh, organization. And lo and behold, they meet again and the guy's like shoot for the sky whatever your organization needs I will give you the money and that's how they sort of they start working together uh, as they start these projects and yeah there, there's a lot of back and forth uh, especially since Camilo doesn't want anything to do with him initially even though he's like, oh my God, he's so hot. And then he finds out that uh, the love interest, his name is Thomas. Thomas is a white Dominican. And they're like, oh my God, we're both Latino. So they start bonding over that uh, as well. Um, and Thomas starts opening up to Camilo about his past relationships and the fact that he wants to help because he also had... Uh, family who were in abusive situations and he wanted to pay tribute to I get I think it was his aunt 
who passed away due to a lot of uh, trauma uh, and after an abusive relationship. So he is trying to pay tribute by helping out with Camilo's organization. And of course, sparks ignite. Um, but Camilo, as I mentioned, pushes against a, a lot of uh, Thomas's uh, uh, advances because Thomas no, is a billionaire. Thomas is a billionaire. And uh, Camilo is, as I mentioned, he's a stubborn person who grew up very poor. And he feels like whenever Thomas uh, flexes his money, when it comes to Camilo, um, he feels like he could never match that type of uh, gifting or uh, that sort of thing. Like, for example, Thomas brings Camilo and like their family to uh, uh, Juan Luis Guerra concert and front row tickets for a concert. And uh, Camilo is like, this is amazing, but also this feels really bad for me because I can't, I could never do this for my mother. Uh, Eventually, they get over their hangups. They talk it out. Uh, because, of course, Thomas is, like, super, like, you're being obtuse. I have money. I need to spend it somehow because I don't like holding on to it. <laughs> uh, and Exactly. Coming, you're a billionaire. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have a lot of disposable money at your fingertips. Throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Camilo doesn't like that. He's like, it's not ethical. You have a lot of money. I don't like it when you spend it on me. Um, you should spend it on others. When I read the book, I think I remember also that he just didn't want to feel indebted um, yeah. to, to a person because he thought that because he he sees a lot of victims he would be like mm -hmm. oh if you give me money then you're gonna you're gonna have to tell me how to use it and i don't want that because i want to be yeah. independent whatever it was interesting or he also feels like if thomas spends money of, on camilo that the only way that camilo can return it is by doing sexual favors um and he sort of feels used in that sort of way um which of course thomas doesn't This, that's not what Thomas wants. I I liked this book when I read it. Uh, I think I liked the most because both of them kind of fall into each other so naturally. Mm -hmm. Like like you know they're uh, from like in the first time we see them together, he like Milo like gives him a blowjob, mm -hmm. and then later on it's like they just uh naturally start dating and start like. Uh, basically living at each other's places or, or, mm -hmm. or more, more like Camilo visits him the most. Yeah, he has a, a very expensive <laughs> apartment in Brook, no? <laughs> ¿Cómo se in, llama? A, in a very gentrified neighborhood, yes. I guess. Yeah, uh, whatever. Which also is something that Camilo like, it's bristles up on. Like, he's like, you're gentrifying the neighborhood. And And Thomas is like, what the fuck? <laughs> My ignorance is showing because I did not know that American Fairy Tale was about a filthy rich guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, and the main conflict, I believe, is also because he's so rich. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it was interesting because I said before, I don't really like when 
the person is like mm-hmm. so adamant about not taking the money because like if you're realistically gonna maybe marry this person eventually you're gonna share the money either way so what's what's but in in Milo's case I did Mm. see why he was so adamant about not taking the money I think maybe the yeah it was a it was it was complicated but I do appreciate seeing both sides of the situation when I read it uh Yeah. In question, Marianne, maybe you remember, or I, I'm just now fuzzy on the details, but isn't Thomas also a single dad? Yes. Yeah. Yes, From his yeah. previous uh, relationship, because he he wasn't he he was married, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he he's a single dad. Um, so that's also something that Camilo has to deal with because he he was sort of a playboy before uh, he met Thomas and he's like, I'm being tied down to this man who I've, I've only recently met and he has a child. He comes with a lot of baggage and I still want to have fun. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of layers to this book. I'm excited about this book again because I didn't know that these books were about uh, filthy rich characters. They're um, elevating their position in my TBR, my endlessly long TBR. Yeah, like, and every single one of the Dreamers series that Adriana Herrera wrote, they all hit a specific trope. Like the first one is sort of a meet cute type of thing, like friends to lovers. Uh, uh, and then the second one is the billionaire, single dad type romance. The third one is enemies to lovers. And the fourth one is uh, friends, with benefits. friends with benefits, childhood friends to lovers type of thing. I'm just excited for that one. I want to like skip the <laughs> series and go directly to it. But I will not. I will not. No, I, I can't do things out of our <laughs> order. I cannot. But anyway, Adriana Renas writes these moral quandaries in, into her books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you want to keep reading. <laughs> that I, I, I have only read two Two, yeah, two books by Adriana Herrera, and I really enjoyed them. She 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 writes very entertaining, but also like mm-hmm. a little bit hard hitting romances. Like they're not heavy in terms of like what I find heavy, which is like sometimes I have to put the book down because too much is going on. No, like but it talks. It's just very real. Like her books are very real. And I love that they don't detract from finding mm-hmm. love in healthy and like aspirational ways. Like all of her relationships are really, I mean, all of, yeah, all of her, I mean, the two yeah. ones that I read are very like aspirational. Like they're very um, uh, relationship goals kind of. Billionaire romances. I don't read a lot of them. And when I do, I try to be very... Uh selective about the ways that they are written um, and especially how the characters interact with that whole situation. Um, so that's why I really liked the way that this book was written because it really confronts the billionaire trope. 
um, and without like trying to subvert it in a quirky type of way, which I've read like billionaire romances that try to subvert the billionaire trope, uh, and it's bad. Um, no, when when the writer understands this the topic that they're writing and does it in a way that makes sense to a reader without it being uh i guess moral preaching in the middle of a romance novel uh it feels good (laughs) to read but yeah um tldr I wouldn't date a billionaire or millionaire, but if they wanted to pay off my loans <laughs> and give me a lavish life, sure. But I would also redistribute re- re- that well. Yeah, same. I yeah, again, like I I want to feel guilty about it. I want I want I don't believe in 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 guilty pleasures, but I do feel like. Uh, leaning into me leaning into like uh the reading the lavish billionaire romance unethicalness of it all would be my guilty pleasure it would be like i don't endorse it please don't hate me for reading it but it's hot um (laughs) yeah yeah that's yeah tldr for me for my pov tldr redistribute your wealth um and also take me to paris sometime (laughs) (laughs) i i don't think i'd i'd want to be like a billionaire or anything i just would like to be debt free you know Mm -hmm. i just want to to oh i just want to buy this and just not have to worry yeah because i don't know like i always think like if i become like that rich would i instantly like change in a significant way because it's just weird when you grow up not being in that sort of life uh you know it's different because most of these billionaires millionaires whatever they already grow into it like they have that generational wealth and whatnot so it's (laughs) like they they never actually like unless they were (laughs) self-made supposedly self-made then it's like you know, you never actually knew what, what what it was like before. So you're always in that little bubble of perfection. Whereas, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I would date a billionaire. Maybe like just the person who, who's a little bit rich. You know what I mean? A little bit rich. You can have some money as a treat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like we don't ask for much. We just don't want to struggle. Please just, just pay my student loans. Just pay my student loans, you know? I would be appreciative, but yes, TLDR, we do not endorse millionaires as we have been saying this whole time. Yeah. Also, like, if your book has a very, a a billionaire or millionaire who uses their money to manipulate their love interest, don't, don't. Gross. Gross. Um, I would read, I, I really would read uh, a couple of like dark billionaire romances like mm-hmm. I mean I guess that's also why everyone like had the appeal of gossip girl but you know there's a certain appeal about seeing like the unglamorous yeah, side exactly. also mm-hmm. and that's why we <laughs> listen I am not I am not uh what's it what's the word I am not immune to the poor little rich boy 
trope. I mean, <laughs> I'm not I immune mean, to it. I will yes. read it. Uh, I, I yeah, will read my it. Favorite- like, oh, you're so sad because you have a lot of money and you're lonely and no one wants you and your family. Let me, <laughs> I can fix you, baby. <laughs> I can fix you. Oh, God. Wish I- yeah that sort of thing yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, i'm not immune to that either (laughs) yeah i think we can start wrapping it up before we go into long uh philosophical rants over here (laughs) about the ethics of money constantly down with consumerism yeah anyways (laughs) yeah and the ways you can support us let's start with marianne i guess oh Wow, I'm, I'm put on the spot here. Um, so As yes, uh, I am on the Twitter. Uh, follow me at Bookish Boricua. Uh, there's a link on my bio, and there's like every single social media place I'm at right now. And yes, that's that's gonna be it for me. Uh, what about you? Yes, I am Adriana Maria Martinez Figueroa. You can find me at Boricua Reads on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, uh, and BoricuaReads.com where I have all the information of all the services and all the things that I do. Um, hire me for anything that you feel like hiring me. Um, yeah, that's that's me in a <laughs> nutshell. Hold on. You can find me at Gerar on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm trying to use that second platform a little bit more. But anyway, it's G-U-E-R-R-E-R-A-W-R. I feel like I always have to spell it because, you know, a weird username. Um, I have a blog, which I'm currently re- uh, reviving. Um, it's called lovepaola.wordpress.com. That's Paola with two A's at the end. And I do author interviews on my channel, which you should definitely check out. Come come hang out at the, at the YouTube channel and at the Instagram because Twitter is a lot. Yeah. As always, please share rate the podcast leave us a review subscribe and just tell us how much (laughs) you like it because we always need the validation yeah spread the word and you can also follow us on twitter at mapping tropes and instagram at mapping the tropes uh if you want to share our content and as i mentioned spread uh, the word of your lords and saviors Mariana, Mariana and Paola you can also contact us via email mappingthetropes at gmail.com if you have trope ideas or things you believe we should cover or if you'd like to get in touch with us and yeah the next episode will be out in two weeks where we'll be talking about BDSM I'm excited about nice. these because I have like two books that I want to read for it so <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the podcast as Adri said um, next time we will be talking about BDSM um, yeah thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time bye this was mapping the tropes baby, <laughs> baby.